Hey, hey, welcome back, my friends. Welcome back to Run It By My Lawyer. I'm super excited today. You are going to know everything you need to know and then some about this lawsuit between Twitter and Elon Musk. It's a great lawsuit worth billions and billions of dollars. Okay, so we got a high stakes lawsuit here between these big shots. All right. And um, one of the few things I could guarantee in this world is that there's going to be a lot of lawyers making a lot of money in that case. All right. So uh, I'm excited to talk about it. Uh, speaking of money, there's a uh, for any of you that have a T-Mobile account, get this. So in August 2021, there was this big data breach uh, where, you know, uh, users information like private information was leaked and hacked and all that good stuff. And uh, T-Mobile has agreed to pay hundreds of millions of dollars to to the users. All right. Um, and to make, you know, to get the money so that uh, you can have some money if you want to, you know, purchase like a credit lock or check your credit score or, you know, something to hedge your bets against some sort of future data leak of your information. Uh, you can contact Joe Samo and uh, we are filing claims to get our good clients the, the money they deserve for that data breach. You can call me 619-672-1741 and I'm going to hook you up. All right. Now let's get to the meat of the discussion today about Elon Musk. So this is how it goes down. OK, so Elon Musk, uh, you know, the CEO of Tesla, He's uh, at the beginning of the year uh, or late last year at a peak of Tesla. The guy's worth like hundreds of billions of dollars. And when you have that much money, you just think you're awesome, right? So he thinks he's awesome. He wants to then start buying shares of Twitter, like tons and tons of shares of Twitter. And he started that uh, in early this year, uh, buying all these shares of Twitter by mid-March, he owned about 5% of Twitter. And um, there's there's one, the first order of business is there is a dispute that he was supposed to disclose to the SEC that he owned 5% of Twitter. And he didn't do that for a few weeks. He has to explain that. I think he's going to get busted for a few hundred million dollars for that. Uh, and then ultimately, he owned up to 9% of Twitter. Okay. Uh, and then at that point, he says in late uh, March of 2022 that he wants to buy Twitter, all of it for himself, right? And this is ludicrous, if you ask me, all right? Because he buys Twitter and, uh, or, okay, here we go. Let me, let me make a few things clear. At the time, the shares were selling at about $39 a share, okay? And um, he owned about 9% of it. And he wants to, he tells the, you know, the world and he discloses that his goal is to buy Twitter, right? Twitter said, no, thanks. Okay. We are not going to buy, we're not going to sell the company to you. All right. Now in the law, there's a lot of weird things going on here because the, the, the board members of Twitter, okay. The ones that make the decisions for everything, they have an obligation and they only have one obligation in this world. And it's not to their husbands and wives or <laughs> girlfriends and boyfriends or whatever, right? The only obligation the executives have in this world is to the shareholders, all right? They are only there for the shareholders. Now, what, uh, what they have to consider is this, that if the shares are worth, you know, $40 a share, you know, so all these people that own shares of Twitter, you know, every share is worth like $40, 
if Elon Musk is offering a lot more than that, okay, they're allowed, There's they're in the provisions of the publicly traded company, if the board members agree, then they're allowed to force the sale, meaning like they, they're allowed to sell it. You know, the people don't have a choice. They're, you know, their shares got sold. Um, and it's, uh, and it has to be by certain rules and how the board members have to get together. And their uh, obligation is to look after the shareholders. So what Elon Musk did is what, uh, you know, sometimes called the hostile takeover sort of, all right? And what that means goes like this. So the shares are worth $40 each and there's 800 million shares, okay? So uh, anyhow, he then, when Twitter keeps saying, no, we're not going to sell, we're going to, you know, we think we could, you know, uh, run the company ourselves. Thank you very much. We don't want to sell all the shares. So then ultimately, he makes this crazy bid and that crazy bid says, he writes them an offer that says, I am offering to buy 100% of Twitter for $54.20 per share in cash, okay? Uh, so, wow, all right, let me get this straight. What happened goes like this. When he, uh, when he makes that offer, if the shares at that time, you know, when he started investing, um, or when he finished investing, he, he owned about 9%. It was at, let's say, a little under $40. This is important. He's offering to buy it at $54.20. He's such a little punk. That, that extra, that $4.20, he thinks he's so funny, right? He wanted to end the purchase price at $4.20 uh, just because he's cool like that. Anyhow, so what this means goes like this. The, um, okay, he is purchasing it for about like 40% more than it's worth, okay? So the board members basically better agree to that because if he is willing to pay so much more than it's worth, and let's say the board members stick to their guns and say, no, we're not going to sell, right? They're going to ultimately get sued by the shareholders because the shareholders are going to say, hey, I own, you know, 2 million shares of, of Twitter and it was only worth, you know, 2 million to 40, it's $80 million, okay? And if this guy is willing to buy that for, you know, my percentage, he's willing to buy it for, you know, $130 million, like you screwed me by not taking Elon Musk's offer. Do you see what I'm saying? So the board members had to look at this. They had to look at his offer, okay? And by the way, this is the lawsuit. This is the Twitter lawsuit. <laughs> the beautiful part about us lawyers is we waste a lot of paper, okay? Uh, this case is going to have like boxes and boxes of paper, all right? This is only one document. All right, so uh, what they said is they had to take his offer. The, like I said, because if they don't take his offer, there's going to be a lot of big shareholders that own a lot of shares that are going to sue them for their, uh, it's called breach of fiduciary duty. And what that means is the executives didn't sell the shares for what they were, uh, you know, for for all this extra money that, that the shareholders would have gotten, okay? So long story short, then the board says, holy fudge, we have no choice but to sell it to Elon Musk. I mean, he's paying this crazy price for it, right? Um, so then they enter into a contract in April 25, 2022, all right? That contract was, um, you know, for Elon Musk to purchase the, the Twitter, okay? Now, 
There's a few things that Twitter did very well. They negotiated very friendly terms for themselves, okay? Because um, they just, because Elon Musk was like, a, imagine a bias, like, I'll pay this, I'll pay anything, I'll do anything, right? So that's how he was in April of 2022. And in the contract, it said, all right, we're going to uh, sell the company to you. And anytime there's a sale of a, like a piece of property or a big company, there's a period between the time they agreed to the sale and the time of what we call the closing, okay, meaning like when the actual shares transfer or the, the, the D, if it's a real estate transaction, the deed to the property transfer, there's a time period after we agreed to purchase it and to the time the purchase is completed, all right? That time period is ordinarily called escrow, all right? And in that time period, you know, paperwork is exchanged, you know, some documents are exchanged, they, they like analyze certain things, they get insurance, they have to get approval here from the SEC, you know, the federal government for this uh, purchase. You know, if it was real estate, they have to, you know, figure out, you know, who owns the mortgages on the property and figure out how they're going to like, uh, you know, satisfy the mortgages, you know, at the close of escrow type of thing. So there's that period. Now, the way I've explained escrow to a lot of people, it's like, imagine somebody getting married. Okay. Uh, they propose, right? Let's say the guy proposes, oh, will you marry me? Uh, and the girl says, yes. Okay. Now they don't get married that day, right? You know, unless it's a shotgun wedding, <laughs> right? No, they don't get married that day, right? They're going to get married like several months later. So that's the engagement period. So what I, the best way to describe the escrow, it's kind of like the engagement period, all right? You know, like uh, she's spoken for, he's spoken for, but they're not yet married, right? And uh, during that engagement period, you know, they get to know the parents a little better. They, they, they try to figure out their finances. They get a deeper look into each other's finances and histories and all that. And then they decide if, okay, we'll close the escrow and get married, right? Or they could like break up. Okay, so that's the escrow period, all right? Uh, now, so he agrees in April 25, uh, 2022, to purchase it. And, uh, and there was, like, crazy provisions in there, all right? One of the crazy provisions, and this is not something that's normal. Okay, ordinarily, when you, uh, when you open escrow, so to speak, you have this period, uh, it's called due diligence period. I'm sure you guys have all heard of that, or maybe, you know, you've heard of it in the past. The due diligence period is like, okay, we're going to agree to buy this piece of property or, or this company, and then we want like a couple months to make sure we want to buy it, all right, um, so that we could investigate more deeply, you know, into the company, and then we could decide if we actually want to buy this business or not, you know, in the interim, you know, you're spoken for type of thing, all right? This is, this is in usual contracts. Somehow... The party, Twitter got him to agree, okay, that there would be no due diligence, okay? Uh, so, hang on, I have to, like, really, really read this to make sure I say this correctly. So, in the contract, it said that both parties have conducted to its satisfaction its own independent investigation, review, and analysis of the business results of operations, prospects, condition, financial or otherwise, uh, or assets of the company and its subsidiaries, okay? Uh, and that each party relied solely on the results of its own independent review and analysis and the covenants, representations, and warranties of the company, okay? 
That's a lot of jargon for the following. He said, he agreed, Elon Musk, that he's going to buy the property, uh, the, the, the company, and that he has already done his due diligence. He's already investigated it, okay? And that um, he's happy with how the company is. That is ginormous. Uh, what that means is he can't later say, oh, uh, I'm not happy with how many users there are, or I'm not happy of how many, what, what is it that he keeps saying, the bots or whatever, right? I'm not happy about this or that. That is not an excuse because he agreed in writing that he's already conducted his own independent investigation of that, right? And so that is not what we call an out for him, okay? Um, the, there are only a few outs that would have allowed him to get out of the deal, all right? One out is what's called this, uh, I love having, I, I love reading this one because it's kind of a, a funny term. The company material adverse effect, okay? Uh, what that is, is they define it in the contract. Any change, event, effect, or circumstance which individually or in the aggregate has resulted or would reasonably be expected to result in a material adverse effect on the business, financial condition, or results of the operations of the company. Meaning that he can get out of the company if during this escrow period, something really effed up happens. Meaning, you know, somebody uh, like some sort of like super hack computer genius hacks into Twitter and closes it down. Okay. Or the federal government makes tweeting illegal or something. Okay. Or just something just so crazy or just Twitter just like loses all its uh, customers, all right, or, you know, whatever. Something so bad that it, it is a material change of the company, all right? But it has to be a change in the company, not something that's like ordinary scope of, of how it's running, okay? So had something like that happened, that would be an out for him, okay? Uh, another out for him would be if the federal government, the SEC, uh, barred the transaction, you know, like if the federal government comes in and says, no, we're not going to let him buy this publicly traded company because publicly traded company are governed by the federal government. And, uh, in theory, the sec could block the merger. Okay. Or the purchase agreement, uh, which they were not going to do, but you know, in theory they could have, that would have given him an out so that he would have been out of the contract. All right. Another thing that would have given him an out would be, you know, during that, that period, you know, they have to like exchange paperwork to get the deal moving along. Okay. Um, that is in the contract. And I, I have to fucking read everything, right? Just so I could uh, explain this to you very well. The contract said that they have to exchange paperwork uh, to further the deal, meaning, you know, uh, if there are some certificates or let's say, you know, Twitter has, you know, owns property or is leasing property. They have to exchange like the uh, lease agreements and transfers to title, things like that. So there's a lot of those documents that have to be traded during escrow. And this is this is what the lawyers do. This is what we like to call very, very fun paperwork. Like, let's make sure all the lease agreements are transferred. Let's make sure the property titles are transferred and all that jazz, right? So uh, they, you know, there was an agreement there. They would exchange those documents, okay? Elon Musk's position, all right, this is what he's gonna hinge his bet on. His position is that he wanted to get more information about 
the uh, you know, if there's bots involved in Twitter, meaning like instead of like real humans using Twitter, you know, what percentage of Twitter is is bots? Okay, bots are like you know, like I'm a real person. I hope right. So if I'm using Twitter and everything, you know, like I said, I'm a real person, but. But there's a lot of people that they make these uh, computer programs and they automatically like spread garbage on Twitter or, or respond to things, right? Or advertise things, right? So what he's hinging his bet on is that he's saying that he wanted more detailed information about that and that they didn't provide it to him, okay? That's what he's hinging his bet on, right? That is his only... Uh, potential excuse okay and it's not even that there's too many bots because uh he he agreed in writing he already conducted his investigation so he's not necessarily saying that what he's saying is ah they didn't exchange documents so that i can figure out how many bots there are okay and that's why i'm trying to cancel the deal all right now let's talk about reality for a minute here okay oh by the way when he made this deal, if, if we go back, uh, there's an episode that I did about, about this transaction. And one of the things I said is, why the heck is he buying Twitter, okay? Um, this was two months ago. Um, and let me tell you why. Get this. Everyone ready? Everyone ready for what I have to say? Joe Samo has made more net income the last 10 years than Twitter has, okay? And I said on this show, why would anybody purchase a company that has made less net income than Joe Samo, all right? What I mean by that goes like this. Twitter's uh, expenses in the last 10 years exceeds its uh, revenue, okay? In fact, let me, let's see, okay, so these numbers here are just the, uh, the resultant uh, uh, net income. So as you can see, from 2010 all the way to 2017, see all those negatives? Those are millions of dollars. So in like 2013, they lost $645 million, 2015, $500 million, all that jazz. So they lost all that money. There was only two years that they were profitable. That was 018 and 019. And guess what? They even gave back most of the profits of that year, those two years, right? In the 2020, 2021. So overall, Twitter loses money okay so this guy agreed to buy a company that loses money for 44 billion dollars like why okay um the only possible reasoning would be oh they have a lot of good assets okay and i researched that they don't have a lot of good assets here's the balance sheet okay and their assets are not that great. Their net asset is about $7 billion. What that means is, you know, the property they own and the um, the lease assets they have or the goodwill, uh, the intangible assets like the Twitter.com name, you know, that website name, for example, that's probably worth a few million, okay? So the net of all of those assets, like, you know, when you look at what they're worth minus what they owe on them, is $7 billion, okay? Um, like, what I mean is somebody would buy a nice, let's say somebody would buy a nice car, you know, for $100,000, and they don't care that it doesn't make much money, right? Because the, the car has value, okay? So he's not spending $44 billion on what Twitter owns, like the, the property they own or the intangible assets they own. 
because all of that is only worth $7 billion at best, okay? And that's what Twitter appraises it at. So the real value is probably a lot less, <laughs> right? You know, everyone, uh, when they're they're going to sell or they're they're trying to like look good. It's like, yeah, the, you see that this little wall here, this wall is worth $500 million. Okay. Everyone overestimates it, I think. So in reality, I don't think the assets are worth 7 billion. They're probably worth more like 3 billion. Okay. Whatever. Um, so the, so Twitter doesn't have that many, like, you know, valuable assets to justify a $44 billion and uh, it loses money. Okay. So that's why the board said, oh my God, this guy is willing to buy our piece of crap company for $44 billion when in reality, you know, it doesn't even make money, right? Um, the only reason anybody would buy it, and I went over this on the show, is, is a couple things. One is there's uh, like hundreds of millions of people that have used Twitter, okay? So it's good to have all those people in your like Rolodex, <laughs> Right. And uh, so there's probably some value there. People thought maybe there's synergy, like he could um, have Tesla advertising there. Some people said, you know, maybe he's going to try to bring uh, Donald Trump back to Twitter and that maybe that'll bring a lot more users into it. Maybe he could turn it profitable. I don't know. His, that's what his theory was. I'll make it profitable. There's potential there. Um, and, you know, how do you make something profitable that's not? Maybe you just fire a lot of people. You know what I'm saying? Cut the fat, as they say in, in corporate America, right? So maybe he was going to do all of that. Um, but what Twitter says is uh, they kind of have to go to the court saying, well, I th we think what happened was he realized that he made a bad business decision, especially because after April 2022, all the market tanked, you know, everything tanked. Elon Musk lost about $100 billion in value in Tesla, okay? And uh, because the stocks of Tesla went down. So he lost a lot of money, meaning that this $44 billion purchase what was originally something like, you know, let's say 8% of his net worth that he was going to put into this went up to like 20% of his net worth. You know, I'm, I'm you know, uh, rough numbers here. So what Twitter is saying to the court is he, he realized that the asset he's buying is not worth that much, okay? He's realizing that his own assets and, and value is not worth that much, and He's trying to get out of this deal, okay? Um, and the contract specifically says that he cannot get out of this deal unless there's a, you know, like I said earlier, a proper out, okay? The proper out would have been like if the SEC forbids the transaction. If, um, you know, uh, like I said before, if there's some sort of weird company change in material circumstance, right? Which didn't happen here. Uh, or if the documents aren't being exchanged, you know, to to finalize the deal. All right. In in my opinion, all right, in my legal opinion, I do not see any of that in this particular case. I don't see one of those things. So um, now comes what happens in this case. All right. Um, lawyers will always say we can't predict something for sure. Right. Uh, but now you have Joe Samo here, okay? This is the beauty. I'll predict for them, okay? Um, 
Here's the deal. So, and, and by the way, after he made the purchase, even the shares of Twitter went down a lot because people are like, oh my God, this guy is, I think he's realizing that this is not a good company, <laughs> right? So even the shares of Twitter went down, okay? Um, in my opinion, okay, um, Elon Musk will realize sooner or later, if he hasn't already, that he will lose this lawsuit, okay? I do not think, in fact, I would bet my money, all right, um, that he's going to lose, <laughs> okay? So um, the beautiful thing with lawyers is even when we know who's going to win, who's going to lose, then the case could still take a few years, all right? <laughs> what the heck am I talking about, all right? This is how uh, we are as lawyers, right? Okay, so um, what Twitter had in the contract said that he has to actually make the deal. It's called... There's a remedy for, for breach of contract. One of the remedies is called specific performance. I hate that word specific, okay? Specific performance, okay? So what that means is the contract says that Twitter can force him to buy Twitter, okay? Um, I believe that is the proper resolution in this case, okay? Meaning that there, the court should force him to purchase Twitter, okay? Now, there is a little side avenue that I think will happen, okay? I'm excited. Oh, so today's date is July 27, 2022. So let's see. Let's uh, predict here. Okay. Um, the problem with a court, the court might think, oh my God, if we force this freaking jerk, okay, who can't freaking make up his mind, if we force him to buy Twitter, there are thousands of Twitter employees, and there are millions of Twitter users, and there's a lot of companies that rely on, you know, Twitter advertising or whatever, right? And um, so if we force him to buy it, he could screw all that up, especially because he doesn't want to buy it, right? So the court could say, and I think this is where, you know, I think the lawyers will predict what will happen here. Uh, the lawyers that know what they're doing will predict is that the court would say, okay, one remedy is specific performance. Another remedy we could go to is monetary damages. Okay. What that means is you got to pay for your F up. All right. Like how much you effed over everybody. Okay. And I calculated what I think that would be. All right. So let me think here. Let's do some calculations. Okay. The current price of the shares of Twitter is uh, just under $40 today, okay? $39.85. So let's just say a little bit under $40. In theory, what the court could say could go like this. Well, he agreed to buy them for $54.20. Ah, how's that extra $420 looking for you, Elon? He, I bet you could have got it just for $50 flat, okay? That extra $4.20 times 800 million shares, that is over $3 billion, okay? That's because he, he thought he was cool. All right. Uh, anyhow. Okay. So the difference there as of today is $14.35 per share. Okay. And if you multiply the 14, I know, I know, I know. I hate, I, uh, I actually love doing the math. Okay. I know some people hate doing the math or whatever, but this is how we calculated the lawyers, right? So $14.35 a share is what he agreed to pay everybody uh, more than what it's selling for. Okay. So if you multiply 800 million times $14 a share, you come up with about $11.5 billion, okay? This is how we calculate financial damages. So what the court would likely do in this case 
in my opinion, would say the following. They would say, we don't want to enforce the specific performance remedy because it's going to, you know, be a bad outcome potentially for a lot of innocent people like the employees and the uh, people that, you know, use Twitter or whatever. Uh, So we don't want to force that. What we will do is we will make Elon Musk pay $11.5 billion so that that money can go to the shareholders, you know, for that difference in, in value, right? So that then the shareholder could say, okay, cool, I got an extra 14 bucks and I then, you know, I could sell my share so that the, the shareholders will be what we like to call in law made whole. Made whole means that they, you know, they're just as good off. Uh, if if he puts that money in there, uh, and then there's more us lawyers like looks like oh my god Joe Samo we can't end it there that's only like a couple years of litigation we need some more time <laughs> right uh, if he does have to pay them eleven and a half billion dollars then comes the fun debate where that money goes okay I could tell you where it's not gonna go and that's the Joe Samo damn it okay <laughs> right okay where does that go what do I mean by that. Um, it's actually really funny. It's not necessarily Twitter that is suing Elon Musk. Okay. It's the shareholders that are suing Twitter. I'm sorry. The shareholders of Twitter suing Elon Musk, but they're suing him through Twitter. Okay. In law, we call it a derivative action kind of, kind of. Okay. Uh, so it's, it's a a little bit weird, but what I'm saying goes like this. If he does pay 11 and a half billion dollars, where the fudge does that money go? It could go to Twitter, right? So then the Twitter just puts that money in their bank account or they buy new assets or whatever. And then in theory, it'll go to the shareholders because the value of the shares will go up because Twitter has that money, you know, that extra assets in its bank account, okay? Or that money could go to the shareholders directly. Like every shareholder gets a check for $14, you know, maybe like in a dividend or something, okay? So it could go that way to the shareholders, um, and then there's a dispute and of, of which shareholders, the ones that own the shares today or the ones that owned it back then, okay? <laughs> My feeling is that it would be the, uh, you know, whoever the shareholders are at the time of the settlement, okay? Uh, or the if there is no settlement, the judgment. Okay, so that is, let's see. So as of today, July 27, 2022, and either I'm going to eat this, uh, you know, as a big F up or um, we're going to come back and say, wow, Joe Samuel predicted it right. Here's the prediction. Da, 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 da. Very soon, okay, in the next couple of months, all of these lawyers are going to more or less agree, I think, this is my prediction, that this will be the outcome and that ultimately he'll have to, you know, write a check for $11.5 billion, give or take, okay, depending on if the shares go up and down. If they go down a lot more, wow, okay, it might be a lot more financial damages that he owes, okay? Uh, So sooner or later, they're going to predict that and then they might probably just settle by saying, listen, if you just agree now, instead of paying $11.5 billion that the court might order you to pay, how about you just pay like $8 billion, <laughs> you know, or $9 billion or, or $7 billion, some sort of amount, all right? So my gut feeling is that he'll settle the case and he'll, he'll, he'll buy out his F up for a few billion dollars, okay? I don't know, 5 to $8 billion. Uh, closer to $8 billion would be my guess. That's my guess, okay? So I am excited to see what happens. And of course, well, I would love to hear your comments and everything. Uh, really quick before I go, 
Speaking of comments, I did get one comment from my friend Jane, okay, in the comments. So she asks, uh, what happens if a, uh, you know, a guy's dad dies and he owns a house, there's a mortgage on it, but he didn't leave a will? Ah, uh, Jane, okay. Uh, this is, uh, like, I love hearing comments and especially, you know, on topic, off topic, it doesn't matter. This is run it by your, my lawyer, right? Um if somebody, uh, you know, uh, their dad dies, right? Let's say their only child or an adult child or the only adult child, the, the dad was divorced, okay? And uh, he dies, there's no will, but he owns a house with a, a mortgage on it. Uh, the law is this. If there's a will or a trust, we look at that first. The law looks at that first. If there is no will or trust, then the it's not that, that the state takes the property. It goes through what's called intestate secession, Okay, intestate secession means there are default rules about who inherits the property if there's no will. Uh, and in most states, the default rule will be like if if it was property that was gained during marriage, then the husband or wife, the surviving spouse, we call it, would inherit the property. If there is no surviving spouse, then it would go to the children in equal shares. Okay, um, it, you know, so so that's how it works. And then sometimes it's like let's say. There's three, like the guy dies at 80 years old and he, and there was three kids left, right? But one of those kids uh, predeceased him. So there's two kids. And then the guy that predeceased him, he had two kids. It's really weird, but it would go in one third to the first kid, one third to the second kid. Then the two kids would get the one third that their dad who died before the grandfather would have gotten. So half of one third is one six. So then it would go like one third, one third, one sixth plus one sixth. Okay. Like I said, I love doing math, right? Okay. Um, all right. So if you have any other questions, like I always say, run it by my lawyer, you can call me 619-672-1741 or leave some comments down here. And I'm looking very forward to seeing you next week. Bye.